Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. The house smelled musty and damp and a little sweet, as if it were haunted by the ghosts of long-dead cookies. What is this place that smells of dead cookies? The Gothic church standing in Sedlec near the quaint Czech Republic city of Kutna Hora looks pretty ordinary from the outside, but head into the basement to discover something chilling. Chandeliers made of human bones. Bone pyramids. Skulls with bullet holes. Don't tell us this surreal, chilling decor doesn't capture your imagination. Bones of thousands of humans were bleached, then ornately carved and now artfully cover everything in sight. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this week's episode, we are in a church made of bones, surrounded by the reminders of death all around us. Is it possible that this place could be haunted? What do you think? Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. We entered through the doors down a flight of stairs into the crypt below. After handing over some check kroners, I slowly tread down the steps and through a wide archway towards the nave. On either side of the archway, a bone column runs vertically up the corners in skull and crossbone fashion, stacked one by one. A bone coat of arms sits above the archway's tip with a skull crucifix in the centre. It represents the crest of House of Schwarzenberg, an aristocratic German Czech family. My group disperses in all directions as though our minds couldn't fathom where to focus. 
As I walk through the nave, my head swivels and my mouth hangs agape. On both sides, like caged exhibits filled with skull mounds, all facing me. Each mound has a small hole borrowing through the middle like a tunnel, revealing the other side. As I stand in front, holding my phone, I feel like Indiana Jones searching for a crystal skull. The nave opens into the transept, with two smaller corridors on either side. Four skull pyramids arranged in a square occupy the altar space. Visitors can stand right in the middle, directly below the great chandelier that forms a skeletal canopy. With my eyes and camera, I trace every bony decoration aligning the ceiling, all grossly entwined with each other. I approach the altar and gaze upwards at the chandelier hanging over my head, ornately decorated with human skulls. Lit candles illuminate their gaping eye sockets and the contours of femurs and hip bones. Mild bursts of sunlight trickle through the back window, contrasting with the underground darkness. I listen to the low chattering of my fellow tourists, catching their camera flashes from the corner of my eye. I'm obsessively staring at every skeletal garnish or decoration surrounding me. I'm reminded of those creepy urban legends like the catacombs of Paris that fuel travellers' curiosities. At Sedlec, I expected to feel a chill behind my shoulders, a thrilling uneasiness of being watched. But as hundreds of skulls stared down at me, I find myself peacefully ruminating over life and mortality. I think of my journey here, taking two trains with three Australians and a confused tour guide to this place, to walk beneath a skull garland above my head like crepe birthday party paper. It also happens to be my 26th birthday. Hello, Anne, and welcome to the studio. Oh, thanks, Renata. Now, wasn't this an interesting topic that we chose? Uh, and there's a reason for choosing this. We're going to be going there. We sure are. Mm. I can't wait, actually. It sounds fascinating. I've been looking at pictures of this all week, so let's get into it. We are talking about the Sedlec Chapel. It's a chapel that is famous for being decorated with tens of thousands of human bones, as you said, in the soundscape. Yeah, the pictures are creepy. Oh, they're... Yes, they're... it's so well done and created that you think that it's uh, not real. Yeah, you think they're like plastic skulls and bones. It couldn't possibly be real human bones, mm. but yes. it is. Mm -hmm. So this style of interior design, if you can call it that, <laughs> um, it, was, it was the work of a Czech woodcarver called Frantisek Rint and... Interestingly enough, I went searching for this guy and I couldn't find anything on him. And then I found another podcast that said, um, yes, we'll mention Frantisek Rint, but no one really knows anything much about him and why they chose him to do um, the organisation of the skeleton collection that might just be lost in, in history and in time. But what, what sort of person 
thought to even do this? Apparently they said to him, do what you like. We don't care. Because <laughs> oh. there were thousands of bones, and I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, so, okay, okay. Um, this, a place like this is called an ossuary, and there aren't too many left in the world. And an ossuary is uh, literally a container for skeletal remains. Now, it can be above ground, it can be below ground, it can be a box, it can be a well, it can be an entire building. And there are quite a number in Europe, those crazy Europeans, um, and there are a few scattered around elsewhere. Um, but most of them have come uh, about because of the plague and wars and the, the hundreds of thousands of people who lost their lives and you had um, the... Um, open burials and oh, there was just so many bodies. They just, so many bodies. Yeah, yeah, just had to dig pits and and go for it. But I hadn't even heard of this place until you mentioned it. Uh, and I think it was when we were going to Romania with Dave Schrader. You, you mentioned it, mm-hmm. and I looked it up and I went, "Oh my god, mm. I wonder if we'll ever get to see it." Mm. And then Dave Schrader went to went to um, Prague and Germany. So we went, hell yeah, we're going. Mm. There's one in Poland as well, which oh. I didn't know. Hmm. Now, they also talk about an ossuary being a type of burial site known as a second grave, which means that the bodies of the people buried there, well, there aren't any bodies. It's usually skeletal remains or whatever else is yeah, left. The flesh is gone. And uh, when you think about um, war fields... Um, or battlegrounds and people then go in and um, take the bodies out or the bones out and put them into a memorial or a, or a grave site mm-hmm. or a cemetery. That, again, is kind of that second burial that happens. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now, uh, also, there is uh, like a... I read about this. I thought it was very weird, but I understand why. Um, there were burial sites that had uh, like rooms off to the side where bodies would be placed until the outer skin and everything deteriorated. Oh, so the, like composition, a decomposition. Yeah, a decomposition yeah. room, literally, um, so that then they could... Do whatever they need to do with the skeletons. Oh, have you heard, that weird? Have you heard of um, this one? Da 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 da. You know what that is? No. That's Beethoven decomposing. Oh da, God. Da 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 da. <laughs> no. Does it work? Oh, I thought it was a good joke. Yes. So only skeletal remains are stored or kept in ossuaries. Um, and. Sorry, I'm just watching your glasses fog up, so I'm putting the air conditioning on for you, Renata. I can see you're just so hot in my presence. I get it. I understand. (laughs) So we've cleared up what an ossuary is because it's this weird word that we're using here, um, here in this particular episode. And this particular ossuary is in Kutnahora. And that is a picturesque little town uh, in the Czech Republic with about 20,000 inhabitants. Now, you can walk around it. There are a number of ancient buildings, some Gothic and some Baroque. And um, it's said that you can literally feel like you're going through a time tunnel and going into a completely different era. 
And the the top attraction, of course, is the Church of Bones or the Sedlec Ossuary. Now, it is a Roman Catholic chapel um, that sits on top. And oh, tell you what, those Catholics are getting weirder and weirder <laughs> with this sort of stuff. <laughs> I think the Catholic Church, Catholic Chapel came first. Um, and underneath that is um, the monastery and the ossuary. And so underneath the church. Underneath the church. So you have to go down the stairs into like the basement area. To go to where the monastery is. Well, where the, where the ossuary where, yeah, is. Right, yeah, right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like it. We've got a basement as well as bones. I know. Oh, it doesn't get much better. So they talk about the, the chapel being quite impressive on the outside. Um, and most tourists don't really understand what they're getting themselves into if they have never seen <laughs> photos of this place. And Imagine uh, the shock. Oh, we're going to um, put some photos up on the um, page, our yeah. Facebook page, to show people because this is this is like crazy. Yeah. Cr- uh, crazy. It's. I suppose it was a bit like St. Mickens. You remember Michael's or whatever they call it in Dublin? Mm-hmm. Like I was telling you that the, the coffins were there and the bodies were there and you, mm-hmm. could, the, you could reach out and touch them. Mm-hmm. Until you actually see it, you don't comprehend exactly how insane that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's even more astounding when you look at those pyramids that you were talking about. So there's pyramids in each corner and um, they're made up of bones and skulls and they're all assorted. So they're all kind of placed in order of what they are. That's oh, so very symmetrical. All the skulls together, all the, you know, um, arm bones together, all the leg bones together, um, all of this. And it's the all whole arranged. Th- the whole thing is horrifically beautiful. Yes, yes. And allegedly those particular pyramids were arranged by a half-blind monk in the early 16th century. Well... Now, so he's going by feel. No, I don't, oh. Oh, I don't know. But supposedly the, the urban legend is that by the time he finished arranging the skulls and femurs and, and everything, he regained his sight. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Now, <laughs> the most famous feature of the Bone Church is this astounding eight-foot chandelier. Now, people, when we say chandeliers, you think of crystals and beautiful things. Hmm. Tell me about this one, Renata. Yeah. Um, This one contains almost every bone uh, that a human body can grow. And it is arranged magnificently um, and completely symmetrically and completely perfectly. And I think it's one of those things that you've got to stare at a really long time until you actually comprehend what it is made from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine just us walking in there. We're just going to be mouths agape, just staring in awe of this this display, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And um, as you mentioned, the Schwarzenbergs. Pardon you? The Schwarzenbergs in the 1870s hired. You say it so much better than what I did. What did I say? Schwarzen something? <laughs> Isn't the Schwarz, um, it just means black? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, they they, har- they um, hired this Frantisek Rint, um, this woodcarver, to get in there and, yeah, make this beautiful thing 
Um, and they they purchased the property in the late 1700s and Rint was actually trained in Italy and um, he had been inspired by other decorations that he had seen in crypts um, and well, what he did yeah be- what he did is he collected all of the bones because they after the plague and everything and I, I mean these are plague some of these are plague bones mm-hmm some of my stories have got something to do with that too. Who are? Um, he dis- Who are? He d- yeah, he disinfected the bones. He bleached them with chlorinated lime to give them a uniform appearance and then um, created this chandelier. It's what's called memento mori, which we know is a term, the reminder of death, and intended to encourage believers to consider that their earthly fate, uh, consider their earthly fate in relationship with God. Mm. I don't know how that happens, but anyway. Be very deep and meaningful. Now, the Schwarzenbergs weren't above a little family pride. Uh, Rint also fashioned a Schwarzenberg coat of arms out of the bones, (laughs) uh, which is fastened to the railing over one of the pyramids. Yes, that is very true. It is another outstanding piece of artwork. Wow. (laughs) Yep. Uh, and the bottom right features a raven plucking an eye out of the head of a Turk. Oh, lovely. Nice. <laughs> All constructed from bones. All in the basement of a Catholic church. Yes, 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 yes. There's so many things I could say and I'm just not going to. <laughs> uh, so there's no doubt about who created most of the chapel's morbid decorations, which also include oversized uh, monstrances. I don't know what a monstrance is. I'll have to look it up. Chalices. Something big and confronting. Sunbursts and garlands. Because Rint signed his handiwork. He did sign his handiwork. He actually, and I'm going to put this picture up as well, there is a, a small area where he has used bones to write his name and date. <laughs> Who was this? No wonder you can't find anything about him. Oh. They've erased him from history. Wow. So bizarre. Now, according to estimates, um, there are... Possibly between 40,000 and 70,000 skeletons, skulls and everything in between. 40,000. Wow. That's a lot of dead people. That's a lot of dead people. In a church. Yes. Um, Most of the cemeteries in Prague were way too full. There were too few spaces to bury people. Uh, And all the cemeteries by, you know... um, the time the plague went through and they had people coming through and trying to take over the country and just killing everyone in sight. Um, You had to place these bones somewhere because they were literally just piling up one on top of the other. So there was a monastery founded in 1142 um, in the heart of a cemetery. The cemetery was uh, Church of All Saints and... (laughs) There's a bit of a story, right? Oh, I love a story. So the abbot went for a little holiday over to Israel, right? Okay, a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage to the Holy Land in 1278. When he returned to the Czech Republic, he had some soil that he stole from Golgotha, which was the hill where, according to Christian tradition, this crucifixion of Jesus occurred. Right. So he scattered this soil. This precious, precious soil. Throughout the cemetery. 
as an act of dedication. And of course, the rumour of this went around the township and apparently, and I love the, the fact that this um, this particular thing that I was reading says, perhaps from the carrier pri- pigeons who were probably responsible for delivering the messages then. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all of Europe knew that they wanted to be buried in the same soil that Jesus had died, died on. on. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So they all clambered in to try and get... Die on that spot. So yes. Could be, oh. Yeah. Oh. So in, what, in whatever way, shape or form. Is this how the plague started? Uh, yes. I don't know. Um, so people from all over Europe came to bury their loved ones in the holy place. Um, and that's that's about it. That's that's kind of my bit done. Okay. Um, just a bit of background. Um, it is something that really you have to see for your own eyes. There's lots of we will photographs about this. Um, it's about an hour's drive out of um, Prague, um, and it's a little bit of a, a weird way to get to it. But we don't have to worry about that because it will be on a bus. Yeah. And um, yeah. It can take hours. Apparently, also, they have <coughs> nighttime tours. Oh, I wonder if we're going on a daytime or a nighttime. Oh, boy. Oh. Yes. So, Anne, would a place like this be haunted? Well, that's that's my question as well. With 40,000 human remains there, how haunted would this place be? Mm. What did you think before you started to read the stories? What? Did you think? Did you I, think it was going to be haunted? Well, I thought with that many, and also with the fact that they've been made into a public display. Yeah, I thought there might be a few angry spirits there, and maybe there is, mm-hmm. but we'll find out. Okay. So, I found lots of different things. I found uh, superstitions and. Um, what were some of the other things I found? Uh, thoughts on what the, the place could possibly be. Um, I found curses um, and some ghost stories as well. Mm-hmm. So I've got quite a few things to discuss. Let's put all this out here and see if we think this place is haunted. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is that there is supposed to be a curse of the bones. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And that is that if you take a bone from the ossuary it's going to bring you bad luck or a curse and there are several signs throughout the chapel saying you you cannot take the bones Mm -hmm. or bad things will happen to you i did say to you at some stage or other do you reckon that places like that because you see signs up quite often and i mean people shouldn't be taking stuff anyway but do you think that's just management saying that's going to happen so that people won't take stuff because mm. they're too frightened of being cursed? I, I reckon it's a very clever thing to yeah, do. It's a good deterrent, isn't yes. it? Yes. So according to the belief, removing a bone or a fragment from the chapel will bring a curse or bad luck to the person who takes it. Now, the curse is said to have been in effect since the ossuary was created in the 13th century. And it's because of the bones that are in the chapel have been from people who have died because of the Black Death um, or other horrific ways, and they believe that these bones are infused or imbued with suffering and pain of those who died, and that by disturbing the bones, that it would be a grave offence. Well, hell, they've been disturbed somewhat, haven't they, by Mm -hmm. being made into chandeliers? Mm Hmm. So the curse is said to manifest in various ways, depending on the person who takes the bone. Some people believe that they will experience a string of bad luck or misfortune, such as financial trouble and um, health relationship, all the the usual stuff. Mm -hmm. And others believe that by taking the bones from the location where it's supposed to be their final rest, that they're going to be haunted by the spirits of the dead um, or that their own death will come quicker than expected. Mm. So as a result of that, they do warn the visitors not to take the bones because you will be cursed. It's heavily monitored to prevent theft or vandalism. So there's going to be cameras up everywhere, Renata. Uh-huh. So that little plan we had, can't do it anymore. Oh, can't touch it. <laughs> now, the chapel is also believed to have healing power. I should say ossuary. Mm-hmm. It's not a church or a chapel. It's the ossuary. Uh, it's believed to have healing powers, especially for people with aching bones or joints. <laughs> <laughs> Funny about that. <laughs> Shall we go roll, roll ourselves around in the dirt there and try and heal ourselves oh. a little bit? Uh, so it, it's also believed it's not just bones and joints, but it's, it's got a mystical energy that can heal you both physically and spiritually. Yeah, we need to bathe in this stuff, Renata. Yeah. 
I think it's a it's a reminder of what happens to you in the end, and you go, mm, I might just take that trip I've been wanting to take over the last twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> and look, um, the one of the reasons they. Th- they think this way. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is that the people that are buried there had suffered those illnesses and diseases and within the bones they carry the knowledge on how to heal mm-hmm. those things. Even though those people died from that, mm-hmm. the body would have been fighting it and so therefore they have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that, that that's that belief. Another explanation, of course, uh has to do with the fact that that the dust of the um, the soil from the site where yes. Jesus died was yes. there, so mm-hmm. that's that's got to have some sort of healing, healing property. Yep. Pro- property. Pro- oh, what was the word I'm trying to say? Property. Pro- it is property. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need a coffee. Now this is a, a bit of a weird one, but they you were mentioning that. Um, people would be uh, contemplating life, the universe and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the idea of memento mori or the reminder of death. Mm-hmm. They think that people coming into this chapel would see the bones and would become very grateful and show more gratitude towards one's life and stop thinking about all the bad, horrible things in their life and start to focus on the good things in their life, which then would... Um, in turn make you feel better emotionally, mm-hmm. which can then also flow on to physically as well because we know that we can hold uh, emotional illness within our physical body as well. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's an interesting concept. Now, another thing to do with the ossuary is that it is believed that you can be protected from evil. So... I'm, I'm trying to work out whether they say here, another belief is that the ossuary offers protection against evil or malevolent spirits. Some people carry small bone fragments with them as a talisman to ward off evil. Now, doesn't that mean that they've taken a bone? Well, not... It's, or they're, they're talking about just in general. Yes, in general. So just in, in folkloric magic sort yeah, of thing. Could be a chicken bone. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I remember the, the wishbone was always good luck, wasn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason why uh, that happens, warding off evil, is because of the chapel's history, symbolism, the types of bones that are housed within it, uh, that the protective powers of the ossuary are linked to the Christian belief in the power power of the relic. Mm-hmm. So you know how they have bits of bones and they'll mm-hmm. hold it up mm-hmm. and say this was St. Thomas's fingernail. Yeah, and yeah. They've got so much wood from the cross yeah, that know. you could build a house. A yes, house. I, <laughs> I think you could be right there. Um, so <clears throat> they, the Christians have always believed that these bones and fragments were things that held sacred energy and they're imbued with power and that they would protect you. So that was another thing. Now, it was also considered a gateway to the afterlife. You just head straight through to St. Peter at the Pearly Gates. Uh, They believe that the bones inside the chapel have the power to communicate with the dead. Now, there's a few ways that they thought this legend started off. One theory is that it was from the Christian belief in the resurrection of the dead. 
According to this view, the bones in ossuary represent the physical remains of people who have passed away, and the chapel serves as a symbol of hope of resurrection and eternal life. Um, if those bones start moving and raise from the dead, I'm out of there. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just, this is just the research. I'm just passing it on. Another theory is that the legend has roots in pagan beliefs about death and the afterlife. Uh oh, here we go. Uh, some cultures believe that the spirit of the dead could be contacted or appeased through offerings or rituals performed at burial sites. Oh, yeah. So mm. we could make a little offering in there so yeah. it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's. It sort of started to take on a little bit of a supernatural type of mm-hmm. significance yes. with the, the bones and the burial sites and the offerings. Ah, <sighs> So many things. It's wonderful. Now, other people believe that the bones have, the, as I said in the first part, have the power to communicate with the dead and that if you are very still and you are very quiet. Very, very. You might be able to hear whispers or other supernatural sounds coming from the chapel. Mm. No, so, not with a thousand tourists. No, in there, no, no, it's going to be no hope. But they <laughs> hope with prayers and offerings that they may be able to reach. Mm-hmm. So, being a portal, it's closer to the other side. They might be able to reach their loved ones and ask them where did they leave their pot of gold. Yeah, very much all of this sounds very non Christian to me. It does. Shh. <laughs> Not supposed to say that, Renata. Uh, okay, so do you, we've got a curse. Yes. We've got a curse. Mm-hmm. Can't have a, a stack of bones without a curse. So there is a skull that's on the altar uh, that people believe if you touch it, it will bring you bad luck or death. It's supposed to have, um, the, the skull is supposed to have a malevolent spirit who can do harm to those who disturb it. And it's sitting on the altar. It's sitting on the altar. Oh, Good-o. You'd think the, the, the power It'd of the... it be in a box somewhere. <laughs> I sitting, mean, Annabelle's in a box. Say, is she going to sit next to Annabelle? <laughs> is there a ring of salt around it? Where's Sam and Dean? Are they protecting us? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, all right. Touching the skull on the altar will bring a curse upon the person who does so. And this, this legend's actually been around for hundreds of years. Uh, one theory for how this curse started was that it was a sign of disrespect to the dead. So if you touch that, you mm-hmm. know, you're showing disrespect, they're mm-hmm. going to curse you. So it was taboo. You just don't touch human re- remains. And even to this day, like, we, we had that skull sitting there and we could have touched it, but I still didn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it because it just felt wrong to do that. That was a, a person. It was someone's daughter or son or something. Which skull are we talking about? When we're in Ireland, in that... Down in the, the basement. Oh, yes, yes. It, like, the skull was just sitting right next to my foot, and I, I still, out of respect, couldn't touch it. <sighs> and th- this next one about how the curse started sort of goes against something else that was said earlier, that thousands of people died with plagues, wars, and other horrible things, and that the bones are carrying energy or memories of the events that led to these people's death so therefore by touching the bad luck these people had through their physical remains you could take that negative energy into your life don't know yeah Uh, well that's the same as what people believe haunted objects are isn't it yeah well i mean but earlier they were saying that if you um 
had these bones and things that it would give you the healing that you needed Mm -hmm. or good luck yeah Uh, so the other thing the legend suggests that the curse associated with the skull is tied to the concept of karma or divine justice oh I do enjoy watching the karma bus roll through sometimes brings me great joy Um, the skull represents the consequences of one's actions in life and touching it may be seen as a form of tempting fate or inviting punishment for your naughty naughty misdeeds Ready for more? Yeah. Yeah. We've got the power of the holy soil. Yes. (gasps) Nothing like some holy soil. So the soil that's beneath the Sedlik Ossery is supposed to be imbued with holy properties that can protect you against evil and and bring you good luck. And some people collect a little bit of the soil and they take it home with them Mm. and they use it in... Religious mm-hmm. rituals. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it. This is different because Jesus is involved here, yes. so it's very different to anything else. Sounds a bit pagan have, to have, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. So once again, we go into the belief in the the mystical powers of the soils tied to the whole idea of the relics. And we go back again Mm -hmm. with the the bits and pieces of Mm -hmm. the wooden cross. And Mm -hmm. uh, in religious traditions, objects associated with holy sites or individuals are considered to have this magical, sorry, spiritual properties. Mm -hmm. We don't say magical. No. No. Don't say that. Uh, we've got the bones there from the people who died in the plague. So it's this whole theme that keeps coming back around and the people who suffered and sacrificed and uh, that makes the soil holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas before it was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but watch it. They've got cameras. Yeah. They'll, they'll be looking you for touch you. touch something will break your fingers. <laughs> And finally, finally, yeah. we get to the haunted grounds. Awesome. So we've got all this superstitious stuff that surrounds the whole bones and the church and everything. But there is superstitions associated with the cemetery and the church grounds on which it's located. So people believe that the area is haunted by the spirits of the dead and that strange occurrences or apparitions can be seen after dark. So, Dave, we had better be going after dark to this place. You imagine going into there when it's pitch black. Mm, with only a torch. Oh, a flashlight for the Americans. They, yes. they get upset if we call it a torch. Do they? <laughs> or is it the other way around? I can't remember. I think we're torch, aren't we, in their flashlight. Um, no, they're fine. They're all right. I just had somebody mention it the other day. So this is the interesting part. Now, as far as I know, nobody's actually done paranormal investigations or anything in there. I don't think they would allow it. Yes. I, I think because it's sort of holy, sacred ground. You see, it's still on top of a church, <coughs> underneath a church, Under- underneath a church. On holy soil that's either um, very lucky or, or going to condemn your soul. We're not sure. Um, so... There are no verified reports of mm-hmm. paranormal activity or sightings, but there are a lot of superstitions and legends about what's going on there. So a lot of folklore, myth and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there have been reports of uh, unusual things happening. So people have said that they they feel 
uneasy or um, they feel like there's somebody that's watching them mm-hmm. uh, as though the bones and the skulls are somehow alive and animated. Other people reported hearing strange noises, footsteps, a sudden drop of temperature. <laughs> When visiting the 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 ossuary, Um, but think about it, you would be really primed, right? You're going into a place where this is not plastic. This is real humans that were once living and breathing and had families like we do. You would be slightly on edge. People who aren't into this sort of stuff like we are would be going in there and being a bit freaked out, I reckon. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be quite interested to see the normals when we go in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Also, you've got all these... the shop sells. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine the, the, the magnets and the, the, oh. the gifty shopping? Sorry. Um, anyway. Squirreled. Squirrel. <laughs> Gift shop. Oh, um, But there's skulls, right? Yep. And there's eye sockets. Yep. That would make you feel as if you are being watched. Absolutely. Now, we, there was also a mention that if you're really quiet, you can hear the whispers uh-huh. and things like that. I, I can't imagine that it's ghosts as such, but I, I don't know. Um, is it psychological stuff or is it just natural stuff, natural phenomena? Uh, is it the people going in there with an expectation that because these these bones have been disturbed that there's got to be ghosts? Or are the people who are buried in this glorious macabre chapel proud of the fact that they have visitors coming in to see them every day? Mm. There is actually not ghost stories i did read somewhere that the the monk was supposed to still be seen occasionally wafting around the place wafting wafting as <laughs> you do um but for a place with so many human remains it actually seems very peaceful and quiet mm-hmm. um I, I think for people who aren't used to um seeing anything to do with a a body or death or death um, here in Australia, it's it's rare that you, you know, have an open casket oh, even. No. Um, and they, you know, they do all of the things they need to do from nursing homes and hospitals. Uh, rarely will someone pass at home now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's 80% of, of the population that has nothing to do with death and dying. And so this would be... I don't know how people would take it. Would they be scared? Would they be in awe? Would they... Horrified? Be horrified, yeah. I don't know. This is going to be very interesting because we are going to be visiting here in a couple of months. Mm. Mm. Um, I want to know what you feel as a psychic medium when we go in there. Do you? Will you feel the presence of the souls? Mm, that will um, be interesting. I mean, will I get the goosebumps? Yeah. Will I get the heebie-jeebies? It, and I, I want to watch the other people who are visiting to see what their reactions are. I'm not only going to be looking at the bones. I'm going to be people watching as well. Mm. I'll be looking at the bones. So what do you think? Do you think the place is haunted or not? I think from the point of view of it being in a sanctuary on sacred ground and finally these parts of a human being, uh, whether they have them all or not or just pieces... 
are being respected and being... Um, We're being honoured, really. Honored, yeah. Uh, I think they would be quite at peace. I reckon so too. Mm. But we can report back on this mm-hmm. when we come back. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not long till we go to um, England and Ireland. We're, we've now got all our itinerary set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We're very excited. We're down to counting days now rather mm-hmm. than weeks, mm-hmm. which I like. Uh, but at the moment, I'm going to say uh, I don't think this is haunted, but I'm very much going to look forward to visiting and seeing what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another one. Please uh, share it around. If you could review it, that would be great. And we've got a thing now called Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. If you'd like to do that, just look for Buy Me a Coffee, Anne and Renata. You'll find it and you can shout us a coffee or two. We would be really appreciative. So, guys, we'll see you on the dark side. Stay frightfully good, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.